0: Well, Romans chapter eight is where we are. Todd Jeremy is getting a few more handouts. So Romans chapter 8, we are going to be covering 23 to 25 today. Romans 8:23 to 25. So in chapter in chapter eight, it's really giving a strong uh pointed view on salvation, the security of the salvation, right? That's what we've been going over. It's such a a beautiful uh picture of salvation. It really Paul just especially coming off the heels of chapter seven, where we find ourselves as wicked sinners that struggle to do anything right, Paul follows that up in chapter 8 with just giving us great insight, great instruction on uh, our salvation and how that looks in our life. And last week we covered, the last two weeks we covered 18 to 22. Uh, If you don't have a handout, raise your hand and Vanna White will get one to you. But then verse 22, it says, For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers in pain of childbirth together until now. So, we went over this last week. For those of you that are in the other class, all of creation is looking to uh, the return of Christ. It's groaning in pain. There's a difference in the pain when it talks about groaning and pains of childbirth. Uh, for those ladies uh, that have had children, uh, you know this very well. You groan in that pain. It's it's painful. It's uh, you're, you're some um, screams. it's it's tears. There's there's a lot of emotion in that. Uh, and uh, it, it goes on for sometimes a long period of time, right? Some some are in labor for for uh, many hours, and some even days. Uh, and it's the it, it, the pain uh, swells up, and then it kind of subsides, and then it comes back, and it's a constant up and down. And but the the wonderful thing about the the groaning and the painful part of delivering a child is when the child comes, right? And, and there's an expectation at the end. And so the groaning that is talked about here is that kind of groaning. It's not the groaning of the death of a child. That is a completely different groan or, or sorrow or pain. This is groaning, but with the expectation of something that is great going to happen. So that's what we covered last week. Coming in to verse 23, we're going to see it says, and not only this, the not only this is referring back to chapter or to verse 22 where it says the whole creation, okay? So not only this, verse 23, but also we ourselves, all right, so we ourselves, so your first point there on your uh, deal is creation, okay, it refers back to creation. The second is uh, we ourselves refers to Christians, okay? Now, what we're going to discover today and look at is this is a very key chapter, a very key section of verses that talk against a prosperity viewpoint of the gospel. Okay? A prosperous life. When we become Christians, everything is uh, great, wonderful, and there's no longer sorrow or pain anymore. Uh, and I believe Paul here is addressing this because you could read chapter 8 and start beginning to get the understanding. Is When I, when I receive the Holy Spirit, when I receive salvation, life's going to be just good. Life's going to be great. And, and I'm going to enjoy, uh, you know, just being a Christian. And there, there is truth to that, um, but there is also sorrow and pain along with it. And that's what Paul is going to bring out in these these upcoming verses. Okay, but also we ourselves. This is specifically talking about Christians. This is not talking about the uh, people in general. This is specifically talking to Christians. Okay? Having the first fruits of the Spirit. Okay? Now Paul is going to talk about the first fruits of the Spirit. He's also going to talk about adoption and redemption of our bodies in this verse. And we're going to try to unfold what Paul is talking about. Okay? So when Paul mentions the first fruits of the Spirit, I had to spend quite a bit of time... uh, Do you have more, Jeremy? Or, he's got it. Um, I I spent some time trying to figure out what this First Fruits was talking about. And and there's a few different thoughts on it. And the best thing I could come up with and from what I was understanding and what Paul is getting at here, the First Fruits is Paul is referring back to something you see in Deuteronomy and in uh, Leviticus. In Leviticus chapter 23, 13, uh, 3 through 13, 14, it's a first fruits. So, so what would happen is they would gather the first fruits of the harvest of their fields and give offering to God, as in thanks, as a... Uh, uh, in anticipation of the, fur- uh, the, the full harvest coming uh, they, but they would give the first fruits of what they would glean from the very beginning of the harvest time they would gather that together and they would offer it as a sacrifice to God and so that is a reference to that thought. The cool thing that has happened here is that Jesus or God gives us the first fruits instead of us giving him the first fruits he turns it around and gives us the first fruits which is the holy spirit and we'll 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 talk about this as we go more and as we get into verse 23 here but the first fruits is the indwelling of the spirit is your blank there the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is a gift that God gives to us of the beginning of sal- at the beginning of salvation. It's the first fruits of salvation. And we're going to come back to that here in just a minute. Um, but that's what that's talking about. is uh, the, first, the first thing that God has given us is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So he talks about, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. We groan just as it says in chapter, or verse 22, where all of creation groans. And this is a key verse for us to understand that life is not going to be your blank there. Uh, is groaning within ourselves. We are not on easy street as believers. Okay? We're not going to be on easy street. You, you uh, listen to the the wealth and health prosperity preachers, and they, they make it sound like you become a believer, and man, everything in life works out. Everything in life, you, you know, your business deals work out, your... You, if you had cancer, it's going to go away. All of these type things is what they teach and preach, uh, and, and it grows a great group of people to follow them because everybody wants to live on easy street. Nobody wants to struggle. Nobody wants to have pain in their life, but um, Paul wants to clarify that all of the pleasures and all of the great things he's talked about because he's talked about we're adopted as sons right that's a we're adopted not just from a great guy right that you know a wealthy dude that just liked us we're adopted by the god of all creation and so when you start putting that thought process together you might be able to think well i'm adopted by god almighty I should be able to just live an easy life, right? I mean, this is, I'm adopted by him. He's going to take great care of me. I I shouldn't have to worry about anything. And Paul wants to make sure we understand that that isn't the case, Uh, that our life is still has a flesh element to it. We still struggle with the flesh. And it groans. This groaning is a eagerly, it's groaning within ourselves. And this groaning is a painful, which we're going to deal with cancer. We're going to deal with persecution that we've never that some of us would never even comprehend. There's going to be suffering and pain within the Christian's life, and it's going to cause groaning In an expectation of what's going to be coming, in the same way that the earth groans uh, in waiting for uh, the coming of Christ. All right, so Paul is clearly pointing out that we are not going to be on easy street. And he gets into verse 24 and he starts talking about hope. But when we have a good understanding and a good grasp of verse 23, 24 and 25 makes a lot more sense. All right. Um, It's a groaning within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons. So let's stop there. What what is Paul getting at here? Are we already adopted? What is the title of my Sunday school page? What does it say? Already, not yet, all right? So this is a, a very important aspect to what we, how we understand our life as believers. We are fully adopted when we become a believer. When we put our faith and trust in Christ and uh, He regenerates us and we... Uh, become a child of His, we go through the adoption and in its immediate process we are fully adopted by Him. So what does it mean when it says here um, waiting for our adoptions as sons? What do you think that Paul is getting at? Yeah. We're adopted, but we're kind of still in the... the uh, The care of this world or the orphanage, right? Or wherever you might want to think of that. We're still, we're adopted, we're taken care of. Now, remember, every metaphor breaks down, right? Okay? (laughs) We're taken care of by God as His children while on earth. But we don't recognize the full benefits of our adoption until we see the latter part of the verse, okay? Okay? So we're waiting for the adoption of sons, the redemption. This goes together, the redemption of our bodies. Okay? So we are children of His. We are adopted by Him. We, are, we can call ourselves sons and daughters of the King because we are adopted by Him. But the already not yet part is our body is still on earth. We still struggle with sin. We still struggle with the aspects of this human body. Okay? So, redeem the point under adoption is to take us home. Okay? That is when we will go home. He'll take us home. And that is when our full adoption is realized. That we'll be. Spending eternity with Him in heaven, and it'll be fully come to uh, to live with Him, and that adoption will be uh, completely uh, finished. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Talking about the resurrection of our bodies, because our spirit Right. Yes, of our bodies. So we'll have a new body, new, and it'll be all anew. Yes that that is what that is referring to okay mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a very. This is uh, should be exciting. the The words here are um, eagerly uh, waiting, eagerly. This it gives some. You know, scripture often does uh, a lot of pictures, right? And and one of the pictures is a bridegroom. Now, men, you all understand, especially those of you who've had a church wedding. uh, I remember. The day the door opened, I was so eagerly awaiting to see the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen walk through that back door. And when she walked through, you know, and and they do the meanest thing ever, you know, they don't let you see that dress until the day. So it is an eagerly awaiting to see that gorgeous woman walk through that back door knowing that shortly she will be united to you. And that eagerly anticipation of excitement because you know what's going to uh, take place, that is one of the greatest pictures we have. Or the eagerly waiting for the child to be born, right? It, It talks about that here in 22 where the groans as a woman in childbirth, This is a groaning, but it's also this eagerly awaiting to hold that newborn child. What an exciting time. And, you know, we've said it, we say it often from the pulpit can we not wait for the day we see God again? That should be a Christian's, uh, within a Christian's heart, soul, mind, every makeup. Of him should be eagerly awaiting to see their Savior, their God, uh, and, and their Father. As we talk we talk about adoption here, this eagerly awaiting is uh, probably even hard for us to fully comprehend what Paul is saying. It is such a great anticipation for him to come. And it, and it even anticipates, um, it, it, it grows in its anticipation. As things get harder on Earth, as you struggle more with sicknesses, illnesses, uh, just the world that we live in, uh, with whether it 's politics or Uh, The environment, job situation, all of the things that we deal with just as humans, as they get worse and it compounds and and it gets more frustrating and harder to live, it should cause us to eagerly desire to be with Him even more. And I know that I've talked with uh, older people, and I'll let you determine what that is as far as the age goes. But the older you get, right, Stan, the more you desire to see Him. Young people don't get the concept as much, right? They're still living life. They're still enjoying. I, I imagine your sons aren't eagerly awaiting for the return of Christ as we are. But the older we get, the more we understand To be absent from the body is to be present with God. Oh, this eagerly awaiting. Um, Now, this is a very important aspect because it talks about that our spirit groans. And we understand that we're going to struggle on earth. It's going to be tough, especially for Christians you're guaranteed to go through tough times as a Christian. It's guaranteed. If you're not struggling at all as a believer, there's a good chance that you're not. Now, I'm not saying that you have to live every day in sorrow and pain. Being a Christian, there is no greater way to live. Because we have what verse 24 and 25 talk about, and that is hope. There is hope. So, before we get into those two great verses, is there any um, any other thoughts or questions? Or we're going to come back to uh, verse twenty-three here when we get into twenty-four. But is there any other thoughts or comments on twenty-three, talking about the first fruits of the spirit? that we groan grown within ourselves, the waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body, tying it all together and bringing us to God as a perfect uh, union with Him, no longer struggling with the cares and the toil of this world. Uh, we are redeemed, but our body is still in sin. Okay? So we, we're redeemed. As Dean pointed out, our spirit is redeemed, is regenerated. We're no longer dead in our sins. Our spirit is brought to life, and in his, uh, we are redeemed at the moment of salvation, but our bodies are still enwrapped in the sinful flesh. And uh, we are eagerly awaiting where I no longer wake up in the morning thinking, why do I continue to sin? Why is this sin so easily beset me? As we read chapter 7 of Romans, you know, Paul is having this same struggle. Why do I do the things I don't want to? And we should all eagerly await a time where when we wake up in the morning, we no longer... Even know what sin is. Because it's no longer a part of our nature. And that is something that all of us should eagerly wait and desire. Dink. Yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: um, 23 uh, is such. You need 23, 24, and 25. Uh, they fit together in such harmony. Uh, they cause us to have a, an excitement to the Christian life. Uh, if we had no anticipation of the future, it would really, I think, as believers, be really difficult to, to come when life was hard, right? Especially when it's going to be 77 today and beautiful. I could probably find other things better to do than be in church if there was no hope for the future, Right? There was nothing to be hopeful for. And Paul flushes that out and begins to talk about that here in 24. For in hope we have been saved. What do you think Paul means by this? Hope. The word hope. When, when you think of the word hope as just Common, commonly used in America. What are the thoughts that come to your mind? I hope what? I, yeah, I hope it might work out. What'd you say, Jess? If there's not any guarantee. Yeah. Would, yeah. I hope my team wins. Jeremy says that a lot. I hope they win. <laughs> um, I hope the weather's going to be good you know, I hope my trip's going to work out, I hope, I hope, I hope. It is an unknowing expectation of, I hope something's going to work out, okay? That is a human viewpoint of hope. When we talk about hope, when it refers to the Bible and the things of God, it is a completely different understanding of hope, all right? and your long blank there, the the, the biblical understanding of hope or hope in God is a confident expectation of God. Uh, um, uh, God what, um, hmm. A confident expectation of what God has promised, and its strength is in his faithfulness. Okay? Is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And it is strengthened in his faithfulness. Our hope, when we sing that song, Our Hope Is in the Lord, we're not singing it with an American viewpoint of hope. I, I hope this works out being a Christian. That would not get you up in the morning excited. Yes, sir? Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. It's the hope. You couldn't say blessed assurance. You would say, I hope I have insurance. Yes,
1: sir? Well, this speaks directly against what so many people often do in witnessing conversations when they say, Well, if you're right and I'm wrong and we die, we just all go to the grave. But if I'm right and you're wrong, uh, then, you know, there's consequences. There is no if. Right, right. It's sure. Yeah. So we, and we should not present the gospel of loads of death.
0: Andy. Sorry. yeah yeah so having a clear understanding of the word hope biblically is important because there's a lot of believers out there that if you ask them where are you going to go when you die well I hope I'm going to heaven that is a incorrect biblical view of that word hope because in the way that they're relaying the word hope it's the same idea as i hope my team wins right it's there's a 50-50 chance you know i yeah then it's a more like a 90 10 chance <laughs> that they'll lose but <laughs> um, anyways the the desire uh, that is instilled in us with this hope so what do you think paul is saying here when he says For in hope we have been saved. What do you think he's getting at there? Because it's kind of a new way he's saying this, right? We've been saved by faith alone. We've been saved by grace through faith. Now Paul is saying, hope we have been saved. What, what What is Paul getting at? there's that hope that is instilled in us in that salvation. There's a hope. If there is no future hope, it's really hard to be a Christian because there's no hope. But because we have hope to spend eternity with our risen Savior. oh. Now, he goes into... Uh, some, And this is where we'll tie back into verse 23. Okay? But hope that is seen is not hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. Okay, for hope for who who, for who hopes and what they've already seen. So the idea that uh, uh, you know this would work as an analogy um, is if uh, we recorded a, a game, let's say. Okay. on our DVR player or whatever and it's, it's finished um, and my wife, as she often does because she wants to know what kind of attitude I'm going to have at the end of the game so she goes and checks the score, right? <laughs> is my wife knowing the outcome? I don't know the outcome but is my wife knowing the outcome is she going to hope that it's going to be a good outcome or a bad outcome? No, she knows the outcome. There is no hope. There's no anticipation. There's no looking forward to. She already knows that you know, they won by a lot. So it didn't matter, right? The hope, we, the only reason there's hope is an, in, uh, an expectation of something, right? And so what do we know? We do know that our hope is in God. We do know that the final outcome is going to be victory, we do know that as believers, but we're not, we're not fully aware of everything. And that's, I believe, what Paul is pointing out here. But hope that is seen is not hope. We, the word see there, okay? The word see refers, I believe, back to the first fruits. okay? Your, the... the The blanks there is we haven't seen the full harvest of what the Holy Spirit is going to uh, be endowed with us. Okay, We've only been given the first fruits of the Spirit. We haven't seen the full harvest yet. The full outcome of what's going to be given to us. And so we hope in that full harvest harvest of the fruits of the spirit we don't know what it is and so we're hopeful we're excited we're anticipating it we're hopeful in our adoption we're adopted now but we can't even comprehend what it's going to be like when we spend eternity as adopted sons and daughters of the king with him in his presence so that Seeing that, if we had already seen that, if we already fully understood that, there would be no hope. so hope that is not seen, and well uh, he gets into that in verse twenty five but he also says, and so that is the adoption and then the redemption of our body. we are hopeful waiting for that, where when we wake up in the morning, our back no longer hurts when we get out of bed and we no longer struggle with the sin and we no longer struggle with illnesses and 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 the the cares of this world we eagerly wait and hope for that day and so when you tie those two together what Paul is saying is we hope for things we haven't seen yet we live in anticipation of things we haven't seen yet because if you've already seen it you're not going to hope or be waiting or anticipating it and so Paul in this way that he's writing is telling us we have a hope in something we can't even comprehend and it's going to be great because we're going to see the full, the full uh, uh, fruits of the, of, the, of the field. Not just the first fruits of the Spirit, Which is unbelievable in just that, right? Just the first fruits of the Holy Spirit as believers is an unbelievable gift of God. But you know what? He has the whole harvest that He still wants to give us. That we're still going to inherit because why? We're adopted from Him. And so the whole harvest is ours. We are heirs of that. And then the redemption of our bodies, we're no longer going to be dealing with this flesh the way we deal with it now so that is what Paul is saying here there's going to be so much more for us as believers than what we already what we can see and that hope is in that we're not hoping for things that we've already seen because we don't know the fullness of what God is planning to give us that's what Paul is trying to drive at here that hope is what we haven't seen. In verse 25, he says, but if we hope for what we do not see, okay, same understanding, if we hope for that thing we don't see, we don't know the full outcome of what's going to go on, um, with perseverance, we, will, we wait eagerly for it. What do you think Paul is getting at with this perseverance? What does the word perseverance mean? What, what are, when you read the word perseverance, what are you thinking of? Oh. perseverance. You don't hear I'm, you don't hear perseverance typically in a positive, right? You don't persevere through positive things. You persevere through the struggles of life, and Paul talks about this through. Several of his letters, right? We run in a race. We, were bes- you know, we have the sins that beset us. Talks about it in chapter 7. There's constantly stress and, uh, on our lives, and we need to persevere through it. But the persevering is, how do we persevere through it? Because we eagerly await what our hope is in. Really, really hard to persevere when there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no hope. You know, you talk with or uh, read books or uh, hear interviews of people that have been in prison campments, right? They're prisoner of war and they're brought in. And uh, what helps them get through a lot of time? through the the pain and the torture and the things that they go through while in prison camp is that hope of one day they're going to be released. That's what helps get them through. They have a hope that one day I'm not going to struggle within this torment or this struggle that I'm in right now. And those that are strong, those that can persevere through, have that hope inside of them that one day... You know, the army is going to come and and release me or the war is going to be over and I'll be released. And that's what's one of the elements that help get them through the life uh, that's hard. The same can be said about the Christian life is the way we can persevere through hard times. And hard times are not only meaning just illness or in pain that way, but it's also talking about persecution, which is coming. We need to be ready for it as believers. Persecution is coming. One of the the men I was uh, listening to, um, John Piper, the way he was um, talking about this is he was talking about we're going to be seeing cancers and he also said beheadings. Both, right? We need to persevere. We need to be in hopes of what's going to be coming. How do you persevere through the chance of being beheaded or imprisoned for your faith, as we see the, the man in Canada, uh, the pastor in Canada who was thrown into jail for preaching, these type things, how do you persevere through that? It's because of our hope in the future. Yes, ma'am. I think Thomas the train, right? Just keep, right? I can make it. Yeah, just keep going. But how do you keep going, Joe? That's the the key point that is important. Do you keep going on your strength? No. It's the hope of what is going to come. We hope in ourselves, and what's going to (laughs) happen? Disappointment. You're not going to make it. How many of you do hope in yourselves that something's going to work out and it's all about you? And how often does that actually work out? Really, it's rare that it does. Our hope, that that song, our hope is in the Lord. I hope today puts a full new meaning to it to you. That song, my hope is in the Lord. It's not on things of this earth. It's not on your bank account, right? It's not on our bank account. It's not on your health. So many of us put str- our, our our strength in while well, I'm healthy. Well, that can change within a blink of an eye. I talk. My my wife really uh, likes to read up and understand health. Type things and 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 uh, eating healthy and all of that stuff. And I was talking to her the other day, and I said, you know what's interesting is there's a man that she likes. Uh, she she um, runs on the treadmill, and he's a trainer. That um, it's what's the iFit or whatever. Anyways, they it's on the screen, and so you run through all the areas with him, um, and he educates you. And he's he's got a doctorate and so on. The guy's brilliant. Um, super healthy as far as physically, so on and so forth. Uh, eats right. He, he talks about nutrition and all of these type things. Uh, but he's struggling right now with one of the rarest type of cancers that you can possibly have. And his, uh, his outcome of being able to make it is very iffy if he's going to. So what does that tell us? That doesn't matter. God is in control. Our hope is in Him. It does not matter how healthy. Now, I'm not standing up here saying that you should just be fat and you know live like a slob. Okay, you should make yourself. You know, you should exercise. You should try to keep yourself uh, in shape. But it doesn't matter how hard you try. Uh, it's still in the hands of God. It's not hoping that you know if I eat right and I exercise, I'm going to live till I'm 105. It's not guaranteed. Don't hope within yourself. Put your hope and trust in all aspects of life. Your health, your finances, your relationships. Every aspect of life, our hope is in Him. Because of the future outcome of the believer is that we will see the full fruits, the fullness of the Holy Spirit revealed to us. We'll see the fullness of our adoption. We'll see the fullness of the redemption of our body as we eagerly await for it. So what I hope we get from this today is our eagerly awaiting for His return should be something that every believer has with instilled in them. And that should excite you that you're going to spend eternity with him. That he has so much more waiting for you. You guys remember back as a child, and maybe your parents went on a trip and they called in and said, Hey, I've got something for you uh, that we got from our trip. And as a child, you eagerly, you couldn't wait to know what mom and dad brought back from that trip. It's such an eagerly, ah, oh, I can't wait. All right? That is the idea. You got a shirt, right? That's what you know, we often let down so bad as humans, right? I got something for you. Eh, It's a little, you know, ball cap or something. Oh, thanks, Dad. I thought it was gonna be something real exciting. Well, the thing about it is as our father that has adopted us, God, we're not going to be let down. He has something that we cannot even comprehend in store for us. And that is what we wait for. We don't know. So it makes that hope, excitement as the believer so much even greater. So much even greater. Any thoughts or um, questions that uh, we have on this section? We have a few extra minutes. Uh, Full harvest... Adoption and then the redemption of our bodies. Those are the things that we haven't fully seen. We haven't seen the full harvest of what the Holy Spirit and all of what God has for us there. We are adopted, but we haven't seen the full adoption until we are in eternity with Him. And obviously the most glaring one is our body is still We're still in this flesh.
1: Okay. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, our hope is given strength because of His faithfulness, right? Going back to that statement, the confident expectation of what God has promised and is strengthened in His faithfulness. Our hope is in His faithfulness of holding to His promise, It's demonstrated through all through Scripture. And He gives us a glimpse of it on earth, doesn't He? His faithfulness. We see His faithfulness to us. As believers, we have to recognize God's faithfulness. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to glory in in hardships and hard times. But we can see God working through every circumstance. It took me a long time to recognize what God did by taking my uh, earthly father home through cancer. That was not something easily that I, I easily dealt with. It was really a difficult time. But in time, I saw the benefits uh, that God gave through there. That doesn't mean that it was easy. It doesn't mean that I don't miss them. Uh, But I will tell you one of the main benefits that I had, um, and this is something that has challenged me as a father, one of the main benefits of losing my father is it caused me in time to lean on my heavenly father and not my earthly father. Because what I would do as a uh, 17, 18, 19-year-old young man is go to my dad and ask him everything. I'd ask him his advice. I wouldn't go to Scripture. I wouldn't go to prayer. I wouldn't seek God in any way. I would seek my dad and whatever my dad said, which is not, I'm not saying for those fathers that your children come and ask you, uh, that you say, well, go ask God first. But I am saying that is something uh, that we need to remind them is I am here to guide and help you, but I am not the one that knows it all. And you need to have a relationship with God. and You need to know Him and and seek Him, uh, not only me. And, And that's something that I was taught, that I need God much more than I need my earthly father. Having an earthly father is super important. But knowing your heavenly father is so much more important so much more valuable uh, the two together are a, a great match being a father that's why we have our men's uh, our meeting together as men uh, once a month to, to become the godly men that we should to lead our families but God uses uh, sorrow in our lives to remind us of him and we glory in that we glory in him because that is where our hope lies. Amen. Ding.
1: reiterate this and and give us a deep foundation to know it so we can
0: Yeah, we're gonna find out next week with Dean uh, one of the first fruits of the Spirit and what and one of the ways that he helps us. Teaser, if you read it, it's not a teaser, but to learn <clears throat> yeah, to learn more about that. So exciting, though. Um, but if you ever have someone challenge you and say, "Well, aren't Christians supposed to just live a blissful, peaceful?" existence because you have your father and doesn't that say something about your father you know you can go back to this and say we're not promised easy street we're said it's we're going to groan and we're going to struggle but we are have our hope and our future with him and that is what gives us excitement and glory in him amen well, let's go fellowship for a few minutes, enjoy one another, and then we'll come back and we'll sing to our risen Savior and then hear about His resurrection today, amen? Let's pray real quick and we'll do that. Lord, we thank You for Your great mercy, love to us. We thank You for our Scripture and how it reminds us of the hope that we have one day that we will spend eternity with our risen Savior. Pray, Lord, that we would do all this in your glory, in your name. Amen.